Leviticus chapter 14. The Lord spoke to Moses, This is the law concerning the person afflicted with the skin disease on the day of his cleansing. He is to be brought to the priest who will go outside the camp and examine him. If the skin disease has appeared from the afflicted person, the priest will order that two live clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the one who is to be cleansed. Then the priest will order that one of the birds be slaughtered over fresh water in a clay pot. He is to make the live bird together with the cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop, and dip them all into the blood of the bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. He will then sprinkle the blood seven times on the one who is to be cleansed from the skin disease. He is to pronounce him clean and release the live bird over the open countryside. The one who is to be cleansed must wash his clothes shave off all his hair, and bathe with water. He is clean. Afterward, he may enter the camp, but he must remain outside his tent for seven days. He is to shave off all his hair again on the seventh day, his head, his beard, his eyebrows, and the rest of his hair. He is to wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. He is clean. On the eighth day, he must take two unblemished male lambs, an unblemished year-old ewe lamb, a grain offering of six quarts of fine flour mixed with olive oil, and one-third of a quart of olive oil. The priest who performs the cleansing will take the priest who performs the cleansing will place the person who is to be cleansed together with these offerings before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to take one male lamb and present it as a guilt offering along with the one-third quart of olive oil, and he will present them as a presentation offering before the Lord. He is to slaughter the male lamb at the place in the ministry in the he is to slaughter the male lamb at the place in the sanctuary area where the sin offering and burnt offering are slaughtered. For like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is especially holy. The priest is to take some of the blood from the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, then the priest will take some of the one-third quart of olive oil and pour it 
into his left palm. The priest will dip his right finger into the oil in his left palm and sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. From the oil remaining in his palm, the priest will put some on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering. What is left of the oil in the priest's palm is to be put on the head of the one to be cleansed. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him before the Lord. The priest is to sacrifice the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be cleansed from his uncleanness. Afterward, he will slaughter the burnt offering the priest is to offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. The priest will make atonement for him, and he will be clean. But if he is poor and can't afford these, he is to take one male lamb for a guilt offering to be presented in order to make atonement for him, along with two quarts of fine flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering, one-third of a quart of olive oil, <coughs> and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whatever he can afford, one to be a sin offering and the other to be a burnt offering. On the eighth day, he is to bring these things for his cleansing, to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord. The priest will take the male lamb for the guilt offering and the one-third quart of olive oil and present them as a presentation offering before the Lord. After he slaughters the male lamb for the guilt offering, the priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the right earlobe of the one to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest will pour some of the oil into his left palm. With his right finger, the priest will sprinkle some of the oil in his left palm seven times before the Lord. The priest will also put some of the oil in his right palm on the right earlobe of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on the same place as the blood of the guilt offering. What is left of the oil in the priest's Palm, he is to put on the head of the one to be cleansed to make atonement for him before the Lord. He is to then sacrifice one type of what he can afford, either the turtle doves or the young pigeons, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering, sacrificing what he can afford together with the grain offering. 
In this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord for the one to be cleansed. This is the law for someone who has a skin disease and cannot afford the cost of his cleansing. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, When you enter the land of Canaan, then I am giving you as a possession. And I place a mildew contamination in a house in the land you possess. The owner of the house is to come and tell the priest, Something like mildew contamination has appeared in my, in my house. The priest must order them to clear the house before he enters to examine the contamination, so that nothing in the house becomes unclean. Afterward, the priest will come to examine the house. He will examine it, and if the contamination in the walls of the house consists of green or red indentations that appear to be beneath the surface of the wall, the priest is to go outside the house to its doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. The priest is to return on the seventh day and examine it. If the contamination has spread on the walls of the house, the priest must order that the stones with the contamination be pulled out and thrown into an unclean place outside the city. He is to have the inside of the house completely scraped and have the plaster that is scraped off dumped in an unclean place outside the city. Then they are to take different stones to replace the former ones and take additional plaster to replaster the house. If the contamination reappears in the house after the stones have been pulled out and after the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest is to come and examine it. If the contamination is spread in the house, it is harmful mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down with its stones, its beams, and all its plaster and taken outside the city to an unclean place. Whoever enters the house during any of the days the priest quarantines it will be unclean until evening. Whoever lies down in the house is to wash his clothes, and whoever eats in it is to wash his clothes. But when the priest comes and examines it, if the contamination has not spread in the house after it was replastered, he is to pronounce the house clean because the contamination has disappeared. He is to take two birds, cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop to purify the house, and he is to slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot containing fresh water. He will take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarn yarn, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, dip them in the blood of the slaughtered bird and the fresh water and sprinkle the house seven times. He will purify the house with the blood of the bird, the fresh water, the live water. He will purify the house with the blood of the bird, the fresh water, 
the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet yarn, then he is to release the live bird into the open countryside, outside the city. In this way, he will make atonement for the house, and it will be clean. This is the law for any skin disease or mildew, for a scaly outbreak, for mildew in clothing or on a house, and for a swelling, scab, or spot. To determine when something is unclean or clean, this is the law regarding skin disease and mildew. Psalm 17. Lord, hear a just cause. Pay attention to my cry. Listen to my prayer from lips free of deceit. Let my vindication come from you. For you see what is right. You have tested my heart. You have examined me at night. You have tried me and found nothing evil. I have determined that my mouth will not sin concerning what people do. By the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps are on your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, because you will answer me. Listen closely to me. Hear what I say. Display the wonders of your faithful love. Savior of all who seek refuge from those who rebel against your right hand. Protect me as the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who treat me violently, my deadly enemies who surround me. They have become hardened. Their mouth speaks arrogantly. They advance against me. Now they surround me. They are determined to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, Lord, confront him, bring him down. With your sword, save me from the wicked. With your hand, Lord, save me from men, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their bellies with what you have in store. Their sons are satisfied, and they leave their surplus to the children, and they leave their surplus to their children. But I will see your face in righteousness. When I awake, I will be satisfied with your presence. Proverbs chapter 28. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When a land is in rebellion, it has many rulers, but with a discerning and knowledgeable person, it endures. 
A destitute leader who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no food. Those who reject the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law battle against them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand everything. Better a poor man who lives with integrity than a rich man who distorts right and wrong. A discerning son keeps the law, but a companion of gluttons humiliates his father. Whoever increases his wealth through excessive interest collects it for the one who is kind to the poor. Anyone who turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer, is detestable. The one who leads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit what is good. A rich man is wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has discernment sees through him. When the righteous triumph, there is great rejoicing. But when the wicked come to power, people hide themselves. The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Happy is the one who is always reverent, but one who hardens his heart falls into trouble. A wicked ruler over a hapless people is like a roaring lion or a charging bear. A leader who lacks understanding is very oppressive, but one who hates dishonest profit prolongs his life. A man burdened by blood guilt will be a fugitive until death. No, let no one help him. The one who lives with integrity will be helped, but one who distorts right and wrong will suddenly fall. The one who works his hand will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful man will have many blessings, but one in a hurry to get rich will not go unpunished. It is not good to show partiality. Yet a man may sin for a piece of bread. A greedy man is in a hurry for wealth. He doesn't know what poverty will come to him. One who rebukes a person will later find more favor than one who flatters with his tongue. The one who robs his father or mother and says, that's no sin, is a companion to a man who destroys a greedy person provokes conflict, but whoever trusts in the Lord will prosper. The one who trusts in himself is a fool, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. The one who gives to the poor will not be in need, but one who turns his eyes away will receive many curses. When the wicked come to power, people hide. But when they are destroyed, the righteous flourish. 
Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be easily upset in mind or troubled either by a spirit or by a message or by a letter as if from us, alleging us that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's sanctuary, publicizing that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I told you about this, and you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of false miracles, signs, and wonders, and with every unrighteous deception among those who are perishing they perished because they did not accept the love of the truth in order to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe what is false, so that all will be condemned. Those who did not believe the truth but enjoyed unrighteousness. But we must always thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain glory of our Lord Jesus, so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, either by our message or by our letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ and God, our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word.